Welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today my guest is Kathleen Flynn. Kathleen is the Chief Marketing Officer at Brian Cave. She's responsible for planning, directing, and coordinating the firm's global marketing and public relations efforts, as well as supporting the firm's business development activities. Prior to Brian Cave, Kathleen was the CMO of Sedgwick for more than 10 years, and prior to that, she was founder and president of Marketing Visions, a full-service marketing and public relations agency. Kathleen, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. Nice to be here. So tell us a little bit more about the firm, uh, the firm size, and uh, any other information that you think would be relevant to our listeners. We're a firm of over 950 attorneys. We have 27 offices domestically and in Europe and Asia. Our primary practices focus on the financial services industry. We do a lot of M&A work. We have a huge real estate practice. We have a huge agricultural food and beverage practice. An exciting new practice for us is our sports uh, and entertainment practice, where we represent a lot of the uh, major sports entities, including uh, the NHL and NCAA and the things that are going on there. So very varied full-service practice, and we have a really nice footprint, too, to serve our clients wherever they may be. That's great. It's a, a lot to cover. How big is your department? So there are 44 people in the marketing department, and they are spread out in the U.S. and Europe. I don't have anyone in Asia at this point, but I do have four marketers in the EU. Got it. At this point, sounds like you may be growing your your Asia team a little bit there. Well, you know, we did have someone at one point, and it is something we're looking at again in terms of providing support to grow those offices because, as you know, Having uh, boots on the ground is really important to be in their face to help them grow. Sure. Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) That's right. Trust me, I'm in business development. I know all about that one. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about what you deem to be unique about the team or about working at Brian Cave, any of the initiatives that perhaps you're working on or perhaps cultural angles. What do you think sets Brian Cave apart? You've worked at a number of firms at this point in your career, so I'd be interested in your vantage point. So, yeah, Brian Cave is a terrific firm. I feel really happy to be here and, and very fortunate to have landed in this role at this stage in my career. Brian Cave prides themselves on being a relationship firm, and you know, you're in business development, David. You know how important our business relies upon relationships. And I'm a relationship person as well, and I think in marketing and in my teams and the teams that I've built throughout my career, that's been a really strong part of the glue that holds us together. And to this day, I'm in touch with uh, people who've worked for me uh, and with me you know, throughout my career, and I, I consider them really important people as part of my personal network. So it's the relationship thing that really attracted me to Brian Cave. On our website, when I first joined, the firm said, we treat our colleagues as we do our best clients. And when I read that, I thought, oh, gosh, that's marketing speak. You know, I've, been, I've worked at enough firms to know that. And I have to tell you, it's really true here. Um, mm. People are treated with respect. People are treated as professionals. I don't see a lot of the us and them that we see in a lot of firms between marketers and lawyers. Um, right. We are, we all, and, and I hate that expression, seat at the table, but we all, all of my more senior people are very, very involved with the attorneys and, and seen as trusted advisors and, and have a, a seat at, at the planning tables when it relates to business development and client expansion. So I think that that's what's really unique about Brian Cave. I think some of that might be our Midwest roots, you know, um, which isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. And sure. so I have found it to be a, 
an amazingly great place to be as a marketer. They've been supportive of marketing. They really let us run. I mean, I came here and totally revamped the department and restructured it from a geography structure to a practice structure, which was a you know 140-year uh, history of, of of the way the firm had been supported and. And boy, they, I got 100% support from the leadership of the firm to do that, and, and it has worked out beautifully. So kind of a long answer, but it's a, it's a good place to be, David. Yeah, it's very telling, actually, the fact that the firm was open to that kind of new thinking when you first uh, took on this role. So mm-hmm. when you're yeah. mentoring some of the people in your team and helping them to find their way to this position at the table, what kinds of advice do you find that you're giving them? What sorts of mentorship or guidance do you find resonates most uh, within the context of working at Brian Cave? I really like this question because I think that's one of the things I pride myself on is building teams and helping to grow marketers and, and grow careers. That's important to me. And I think what I do at Brian Cave is not any different or unique than what I've done elsewhere. And that. That includes a lot of mentoring and things like how to diplomatically say no and change the direction of some misdirected effort of an attorney. That's really hard for young people to do. They're intimidated by the attorneys sometimes. So guiding them in how to demonstrate why that might be a better approach for a, for an attorney for some idea that they may have in terms of marketing. Another thing that I mentor them a lot on is responsiveness. And you know, you'll hear peers of ours talk about how millennials communicate through email all the time or texting. And one of the challenges I have found lately in mentoring junior people is talking to them about how to go into an office and have a conversation with the attorney, how to pick up the phone and and diffuse a, a situation that might be a little bit out of hand and how email can sometimes not be the best avenue for that. Other things I talk a lot about with my team are the importance of collaboration and communication. I think that's really critical. I mean, my team is only as strong as our weakest link, and we need to be collaborating together and communicating together all of the time to make sure that we continue to be strong. Again, on the communication side, keeping lawyers informed. You know, don't make them chase you for an answer. Make sure you're proactive and you're letting them know what a, where a project is or whatever obstacles you're facing with it before it becomes out of hand. Yeah, those are all really important. I appreciate that you are assisting your team in bolstering their confidence in their voice and to really be able to articulate a perspective or a point of view that might be counter initially, at least, to the lawyers, but ultimately is for the firm's best interest. And this concept of communication and responsiveness, and I especially appreciate how it sounds like you're really encouraging your team to be proactive in their communication. Again, back to the concept of business development, you know, we have to practice what we preach here. So if we're being reactive, if we're not being proactive with the lawyers, we can't expect them to turn around and be proactive with the marketplace. And ultimately, that's a that's a key skill, both internally and ex- externally for any firm. That's true. And I often tell my team, we need to lead by example. And sometimes it can be the smallest thing. For example, making sure that you have your voice on your voicemail saying, you know, this is, you know, Susie, and I'm not available. If you need help, please call Joan. I encourage the attorneys to do that. And when I call one of my marketers and I hear that, you know, pre-recorded voice message, it makes me crazy. They're like, we're not leading by example. We need to, we need to set the tone. Yeah, it's such an important reminder that 
marketers within the firm are in a service role. They are service providers and the lawyers are their clients. And just as we learn all of the tips and techniques on how lawyers can be better service providers to the corporate clients that engage the firm, we need to practice those same principles when it comes to how we interface with the lawyers. Exactly right. They are our clients and uh, need to be treated as such. So how do you foster this mindset in the lawyers? Obviously, one of the ways we do this is to uh, model it, right, as we've just discussed. But this is, as you and I both know, uh, easier said than done when it comes to shifting lawyer attitudes or sometimes their outlook on uh, things like marketing and business development. This needle has moved significantly over the last several years, but there are still lawyers that are resistant and lawyers who may not even recognize that they have a resistance to business development or to client development. You know, they they nod their head and they say all the right things, but then their follow through just isn't there or their willingness to really convert a relationship into a business opportunity ends up being stalled out because of some preconceived notion or because of, you know, whatever reservation they have. How are you fostering these mindsets among the lawyers to help move them forward in the right direction? So, you know, a couple things. Um, <laughs> First of all, I try to stay very visible without being overexposed, which is a fine line sometimes. So I speak at a lot of our programs. You know, I travel a lot, David, and every office I'm in, I volunteer to speak to the partners at their partner meetings, speak to the associates. And when I do that, my goal is to teach, to guide, to inform, but I also do a lot of recognition. I recognize the efforts of people who are modeling really great business development activity. So I will actually put that up on a screen and show them people and say, here's what so-and-so did and here's how they did it. I learned early in my career, and I'm sure you did too, that lawyers are very competitive. So by showing them what others have done, you do kind of touch that competitive spark within them. And I have found that they have said, well, you know, if Joe can do that, well, heck, I can do it. And showing them that it's not a mystery, that there is a way to do this and there's a way that everybody can do it in their own way has been really helpful to me. But also, once a week on Monday morning, like clockwork, at 9.30, I send out the Monday Marketing Minute. There's only three items on it. One is what's new in marketing, just to show them what people are doing, what we're doing, kind of a little ad for us and the lawyers. The second mm-hmm. is a marketing camp to show some lawyer who's done something really cool with marketing and had a great success, again, playing to that competitive gene that they have, And then I do a marketing tip, and it's just three things every week. And the lawyers tell me, hey, that's just enough for me to read something that's (laughs) non-billable, you know, spend time on. And for me, every Monday, they're getting some message from me about marketing. And then once a year, I do something called This Year in Marketing. And it's really an infographic. And I have to say, I stole the idea from one of my peers in another firm who did it brilliantly. And thank you for that. It's kind of an infographic that talks about the metrics around marketing and what we've accomplished in the last year. And that has been very well received, too. So finding different ways to be in front of them, because, you know, we know people learn differently, but to appeal to the lawyers in the communication style that works best for them and try to motivate them and demonstrate for them what they can do in terms of uh, advancing their business development. This is such a key piece, and I hope those of you who are listening can take a page out of this book, this concept of making the marketing and business development education within the firm snackable, right? You've really done this where a couple of moments glance over a few bullets and a quick infographic, they get the idea, 
You've boosted the internal reputation of some of the people at the firm, whether that's the marketers or the lawyers, and you've helped educate them as to what's going on at the firm and who are perhaps some people they can turn to or collaborate with. But the key here is that it's all happened within a few moments' time. And of course, I know it takes 10 times longer to create something that's snackable than it does to you know, create perhaps a, a volume of thoughts and concepts that m- might just come out unedited. So I appreciate that you probably have developed that skill over time and, and put a lot of effort into making it something that's easy to digest. But I do think that it's uh, an important facet of uh, how to contribute to a lawyer who already has more than enough to do. And here we are trying to insert these concepts into their lives to make sure that they don't forget about uh, some of these other items that are perhaps a little more forward thinking. Yeah, I mean, if you spend your career in professional services as I have, um, you're always keenly aware of time is money. And so trying to make things that that will uh, not take a lot of their time, but they can digest, as you said, and and make a difference and maybe even just spark an idea. You know, that's that's my goal. Yeah. Well, speaking of money, how do you track your department's marketing and BD initiatives and convert that into return on investment? This is something that more and more firms are focused on. And, uh, you know, I think it's an important inquiry to be in at the very least. Some firms have actually managed to take the initiatives that they are, or at least most of the initiatives that they're engaged in and spending money on and being able to represent to the firm, hey, we, we spent a dollar, we got two. So um, how are things moving in that direction at Brian Cave? Yeah, and, and as you know, sometimes that's really hard given the the life cycle of a sale and professional services. So, so and it's hard always to point to one or two or three things that that might have brought a client in. If we can, we always do, and we promote the heck out of it <laughs> to let people know mm-hmm. that you know. For example, one of my managers was at a conference hearing our attorney speak, and she literally made the introduction for that attorney to the guy she was sitting next to, and it turned into an engagement. So you know, right. I market the heck out of that, but. But on a broader scale, you know, we are very attuned to metrics. We look and measure our um, our RFPs every which way, um, from mm-hmm. from industry uh, information to client, non-client, and so forth. We look at our advertising and and what it's generating in terms of um, traffic to our website. Our e-communications program, we're able to get all kinds of metrics related to that, associated also with things like JD Super and Lexology that give us great feedback in terms of the uh, readership of our thought leadership and helping us to to guide those activities. We look at our media placements. We look at new clients attained. We looked at revenue, obviously, and those are the, you know, those are the obvious things. We started an initiative at the firm last year with our strategic plan where we identified best-in-class practices, three of them. Uh, they are financial services, agri-food, and real estate REITs. And we are slicing and dicing the data related to new clients in the best-in-class practices and the marketing and business development activities associated with that in a very, very fine manner and reporting on that um, on a regular basis. And in fact, we have set up metrics related to our strategic plan. And so we're held accountable to that and report on that, not just from the marketing department to the strategic planning committee, but to the firm as a whole on an annual basis. So it's really interesting because those practices were very much singled out and identified. There's a specific marketing team assigned to those practices. So I can really, you know, talk about the revenue and dollars that are and the new clients that are coming in as a result of those very focused efforts. And it's been a it's been a fun thing to do that. Uh, it's the first time I've ever worked in a firm where they were willing to identify 
and prioritize practices because some firms are reluctant to do that. You know, all practices and all lawyers are equal in many firms. And, and here these practices have a dedicated team of six marketers who are focusing just on those best in class. So that's been really um, an interesting way to, to look at our data. I think that really sets you ahead of the curve. You know, the strategic planning process certainly has been adopted by most firms, large and small, but very few have been able to tie uh, metrics back to the plan. A lot of times the plan is something that, you know, the firm will go through a strategic planning process and now everybody has a sense of where the firm needs to go, but there isn't necessarily a lot of teeth in the implementation. Or if there is implementation, it means that, you know, once a quarter we're going to sit down and we're going to look at, okay, how are we in relationship to the plan? But very few, I think, have been able to really place uh, a measurable uh, outcome against the plan effectively over time consistently. It sounds like you're doing that in some areas. I really applaud you for that. Yeah, in fact, we set 12 benchmark goals with a five-year goal, and there are things like revenues, uh, number of clients, RFP win rate, um, diversity uh, metrics in terms of uh, how we're doing because that's a core value for the firm. So mm -hmm. we set very. I was part of the strategic planning committee, and we set very specific goals, and we are reporting back on that on an annual basis and and being held accountable for that. So it's been great. It's been really great. Yeah, very good. Well, Kathleen, you are uh, a fellow veteran in this industry, and I know you have probably been exposed to just about every concept, every technology <laughs> out there, and yet at the same time, I often see you at. LMA, I see you at LMA Tech, I see you at various other conferences. I'm curious, where do you go for fresh ideas, for innovation, <laughs> inspiration? You know, where do you go to kind of be a little bit surprised and, and maybe uh, pleasantly uh, shocked at uh, something that you can bring back to the firm and implement that, you know, you haven't seen a hundred times already? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you say, David, it's get a little harder as you, as you move along yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, in the years I've been in this profession. But, you know, LMA continues to be a, a strong influence for me, as you mentioned. And, and, you know, my philosophy is if I go to an LMA conference and come away with one good idea, that's worth my money. Yeah. I, the other yeah. thing I, I look at regularly is what the big four are doing. Um, and I mm. come from a, a big four, then a big eight background. And um, I've, they've always been way ahead of the curve. They've always had a real great business uh, mindset, obviously, that law firms have continued to, to evolve in, in that way. I look at the big four. I look at what Deloitte's doing. I look w at what uh, PwC is doing, and I look at their websites regularly. I have friends in those firms. I talk to them regularly, have lunch with them. I bring them in to talk to my team and to talk to my attorneys about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I think we have an awful lot to learn from them, so that they would be one of my big inspirations. My peers are my inspiration. You know, I, I have the uh, luxury of knowing a lot of people in LMA, given my, my tenure there. and. I look at what they're doing, I read a lot, and I've kind of always adopted this philosophy, and, and you can any, ask anybody who's worked with me for a long time, and I call it the same but different. Um, and, uh, and so sometimes we look at something and go, okay, that's really cool, but what can we do differently and, and take that and make it our own? And we, we do that often, so it's not really stealing, but, you know, uh, imitation's the sincerest form, right? Um, and I look at my own team. I mean, I like to... In, I like to embolden my team to come to me with creative ideas. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any, um, you know, exclusivity as it relates to coming up with ideas. I, I have great, creative, smart people who I work with, and I look to them and encourage them to come to me with ideas anytime. 
um, how far-fetched it might be, and let's let's bounce it around and see if this has got some legs that we can run with. So um, those are those are kind of my places of inspiration. That's great. I especially appreciate your comment about the big four. Clearly, uh, they have beat us at this game, given that they're starting to take on legal services. Mm-hmm. Perhaps mm-hmm. someday we'll start uh, offering more consulting and accounting and really learn from them. But uh, until that day, I, I have to say they, they're ahead of us in this race. Well, Kathleen, yeah, it's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your, your thoughts and your perspective with, uh, with me and with the listeners today. It's always a delight to hear what you're up to and get a sense of where you're going. So really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, David, for inviting me. It was fun.